Welcome back to the one-to-one podcast with your priest on a mission, Father Dan Leary. I'm your guest host, Kevin Wells. We do this podcast in honor of Father Al Schwartz. Father Dan, how you been? Great, brother. Great. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear, Good to hear your voice, too. Hey, listen, I'm looking out the back window, and I'm seeing something we haven't seen in a long time. It's one of those forecasts where last night they were calling for four to six inches. Yeah. And Father Dan, you might remember this back in the day, back in grade school and high school, where you woke up the next day and it was a quarter inch, and, and you didn't even get two hours late. So yeah. we're getting one of those snow, one of those traditional Maryland, D.C. snowfalls where it always falls below, well below what the forecasters asked for. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Look, I think Montgomery County is probably on shutdown mode for today, tomorrow, probably through Christmas. Yeah, right, right. No toilet paper, but we're not sure if that's because of COVID or the snow. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, trying, to, we're trying, to, trying to figure that out, man. We're all confused up here now. So, uh, man, it's good to hear your voice. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's quite an advent up here. And I, I was looking at something. It was, in the, it was in the Office of Readings the other day. And Father Dan, you came to mind. Uh, it was a writing from way back in the 16th century. It was, I think it was 1545. It was, Father, you've heard of St. Francis Xavier, right? He's a great missionary. Tremendous, tremendous. And I, I may was, know the one you're talking about. What, which one is it? He's the one in India. Yeah, tremendous missionary. He, he, uh, he said this, and I thought of you, and, and I want you to, to sort of echo whether this is, uh, resembles the life you're leaving, leading, or, or this is sort of outside the bounds of what you're doing down in Chalco, Mexico. But here's what he said, and it's, it's very telling about, about the need for uh, missionaries like you, Father Dam. So he says, he wrote a letter, and he said, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So he's in India, and, he's, and he, here's what he says. We have visited the villages of the new converts who accepted the Christian religion a few years ago. No Portuguese live here. The country is so utterly barren and poor. The native Christians, they have no priests. They know only that they are Christians. There is nobody to say mass for them. Nobody to teach them the creed, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, etc. I have not stopped since the day I arrived. I conscientiously made the rounds of the villages. I bathed in the sacred waters all the children who had not yet been baptized. This means that I have purified a very large amount of children so that they, as the saying goes, they could not tell their right hand from their left. The older children would not let me even say my office or eat or sleep until I taught them just one more prayer. Then I began to understand the kingdom of heaven belongs to these. And and I'll finish here. He says, uh, so he he talks about teaching them the Our Father and the Apostles' Creed and the the Hail Mary. And he says, um, I noticed among them these persons of great intelligence. If only someone could educate them in the Catholic way of life, I have no doubt that they would make excellent Catholics. Many people hereabouts are not becoming Catholics for one reason only. There is nobody to make them so. Again and again, I have thought about going around to the universities of Europe, especially Paris, and everywhere, crying out like a madman, riveting the attention of those with more learning than charity. Quote, what a tragedy. How many souls are being shut out of heaven and falling into hell thanks to you? So, so Father, what he was saying was 
get away from your books and your education and get out to the battlefield. Come out to India and Pakistan, come out to Korea, et cetera, and, and get with the poor. So with that said, does any of that resonate? Uh, a lot of it, actually, Kevin. It's really, really well said, and I appreciate you kind of reading that because that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, I, I can identify. I can't identify with the holiness of the guy, but I can identify with the nonstop. I mean, I'm somewhat secluded a little bit on the end of the campus because I'm in the part of the retreat house. But if I was in the middle of one of the buildings, there's always like a priest room or a guest room. You know, you come out of your room and you're confronted by girls that ask for a blessing or that want to talk. I cannot walk across campus without having um, a tail behind me of two or three girls waiting to talk or waiting to go to confession. Okay. And I'm like, I. This one's going to walk with me and I got to put my stole on because other girls will run up and ask for a blessing. So the stole kind of wards them off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really intensely amazing. And I can also identify with the fact that, yeah, we're losing souls. Why? Because we're just not preaching the gospel. We're just not getting the word out to people. And so, yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm sure you may have made more questions, but yeah, the girls are getting ready to go home now, and, and we've had an intense time of spiritual preparation. Oh, yeah, I, I, I've heard about that. I, you know, Father Al, who founded the Sisters of Mary and, and sort of orchestrated what you're about right now, all these, all these children, you know, he, he left, going back to, to Xavier's quote, you know, get, get your nose out of the books and getting the higher degrees as sisters and, and priests and get into the mission field. He left the Mary Knollers, because he, he, he saw that they were trying to form him to be an educator or, or in the classroom. And he thought, I'll be candid here, he thought they were too soft. He thought they were too comfortable. And he, he said, you know, yeah, Mary Knoller can go off to India and go off to Korea and the Philippines, and, and they can sort of tend to the poor for seven, eight hours a day. But they go back, uh, the, the Mary Knollers, to comfortable sort of homes with TVs, radios, you know, three squares, comfortable bedding. And he said, I, I can't do that. <laughs> I, yeah. it, it, I feel like a fake. And, and I think what he was saying is, if I'm going to tend to these poor, I need to become poor. I need to become Jesus stretched out on the cross, sacrificing for them. And I think probably, Father, what, because the sisters take good care of you. I, I know they do. I've been down there. But I think maybe your sacrifice is your time. Yeah, it's nonstop. It's really a blessing. We got to tell you, I, I don't think I would have been able to handle the pace as a newly ordained priest, but I can handle the pace now. And it's, it seems like a contradiction because um, the grace of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual growth in my own life, but also just being able to address the wounds of the girls, which is constant. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a constant process. Um, before it was healing the girls, now it was getting ready for, for them to go home and to address their families and the problem, the potential problems they don't know about in their families. It sounds like what you're doing, it's almost like a spiritual soap opera. It's like one thing leads to the next. Okay, you, you go after the wound, the wound becomes healed, and now all of a sudden they have to go back to the wound back in their home. So you equip them to stay away from the wound they got rid of so they're safe at home. It, it sounds like you're just kind of following following along the line of what of what these kids need. Well, with the older girls, the oldest class I had a retreat and they're fired up and they're taking their retreat home to give it to give the retreat to their mothers or fathers. 
and they can easily do what I I typed up my notes and so they're fired up. It's now the fourth year girls because there's five years here that are coming through as the confession the second time that are I don't know man they're really there's something there's a grace that's happening in there. They're bringing out stuff maybe that um you know a lot of times we go to confession we don't bring it all out or we bring it out in veiled languages or whatever the word is. And these girls are bringing it all out and it's quite beautiful. I'm very proud of them. How many confessions, how many hours of confessions do you routinely hear, let's just say, in a week? Give me well, a guess. I were, well, a week, I can't answer a day. Like, let's say I wasn't putting up with you right now. I'd be in the confessional until 630. Well, do you so, want to wrap well, it up? Do you want to wrap it up? <laughs> From 12, I'd be there about 12 to 630 today. 12 to 630 today, just hearing confessions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. And they move me around. So they move me around from building to building. So you go from the veterans to the rookies. Right. 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 Yeah. Because so, the sister wants me to have it, all the girls to have a chance to confess. She doesn't want just one, obviously one group. Right, 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 right. And we've talked about how that these confessions have led you to identify the wounds and start working with these kids more intensely. And, and that leads to what I know you've been doing the past month. I guess starting in the mid-fall about making these spiritual bouquets that the kids will take home with them to give to their families at Christmas. Just kind of go over that just a little bit so the listener can understand. Yeah, man. So here's what we did. We on early November I felt inspired to start a 30-day novena of prayers for the girls to prepare for their parents. And we gave them an eight and a half by 14 piece of paper, excuse me, eight and a half. Yeah, 14. And they folded it. And the mother superior and I made a commitment. We would sign each one of them. Okay, so it's about 3,500. And what the girls did was uh, earlier in the week, they turned them all in. And they're really cute, man. They, They drew their families, you know, dad with the big head and their brother with the big long arms. And uh super great or images of our lady of guadalupe and then you open up the middle and it's like a trifold and it's 30 days running left to right and then down the left hand column are all the things that they did so holy mass holy rosary divine mercy spiritual ejaculations um the acts of charity and then they had practical things did they get up on time did they clean all of those things which are so profound and then they tallied them all up. And then uh, Mother Superior and I, Sister Retention, are signing each one of them. They have a little spot that says Padre Dan um, or Mother Hortensia. And so each girl is going to take that home and give it to their families. On the other side, the girls are taking home a blank piece of paper. I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, the gospel readings starting on Saturday. And they're going to they have a little resolution every day. And if they do it, they check it off. Like they have to preach, they have to serve, and they have to pray. All right? And their parents are going to sign it if they do it. So so what they do is they bring their family home, what they've been working on, and then they say, Mom, it doesn't die here. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sort of a, a servant or a missionary until I go back to Chalco in a month or so. Yeah, man. So And then we also did two things. I gave them bottles of holy water exercise water they're going to bless their homes the doors the windows some of them have statues and stuff some of them have the uh the muerte that that the holy death they call it it's a it's evil it's a demonic image some of their families have that devotion and so they're going to bless those it's very popular in mexico and other countries 
And then they're going home with a uh, apologetic cheat sheet with the gospel passages, how to defend the Eucharist, Mary, confession to a priest. And they have the gospel passages. And I went over that the other day. And they're going to take that home and they're going to use that to teach their families because some of the families are falling away Catholics or whatever it may be. Well, that's that's there's no, there's nothing better that I can think of. And and I'm going to get I'm going to get sort of uh, rubber meets the road here with you, Father. Now, now, I what have you said to the girls? And, and a lot of these girls have have been hurt in the worst way a girl can be hurt by family members, by neighbors. It's the unspeakables. What have you told or asked these girls to keep in mind when they go home for Christmas and maybe some of these things sneak back up from from that uh, bad uncle or that bad neighbor? How have you equipped them to get past that? Well, uh, practically speaking, you know, you, I tell them, don't be alone with people in a home and don't let them in the home. Secondly, is you have to uh, make sure that some of them have to have the tough conversation with their parents about opening up the pain that happened. And if their parents are ready, third, you got to watch out for your little sisters. And I said, you got to have that heart to heart conversation with your little sister because the, but I call them the bully. That's a word they use down here. Sometimes the bully's still around and we've got to make sure he's not hurting more people. Yeah. They're going home like his martyrs. I mean, they, a lot of them are, they know what's going to come and they got to be equipped. That's, that's enormous. I, uh, yeah, and I know. And there's I, no I think, guilt, man. There's no, I said, there's no guilt, man. You, you do your best and you pray to the Holy Spirit and ask the precious blood of Jesus to cover you. And look, you'll come back. Okay, man, we'll get through it. So, so, excellent. Know, we start excellent. over, man. We can always start over. Excellent, Father. And I think what you told me was it, it's so bad in some places that, that several dozen girls, if not more, hundreds have decided, I, I'm not going to go home. I'm going to stay at school all alone with my these few friends over Christmas break. Is that is that true? Well, there's two reasons. First is, um, let's just say the home might not be the best place right now or the atmosphere around the home. And then the second is just, honestly, some of the girls just don't have the dough to get home. So uh, they're going to stay for the month. Okay, there's many you'll, reasons. You'll be there with them? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll have daily mass and adoration and they'll eat. The sisters eat in one place, but the girls will eat right next door, right near them. And so it'll, they're not going to be sort of this island. They'll all move into one room, one building and uh, girls from all years, first year up to fifth. Oh, that's great, man. That sounds very intimate. It sounds beautiful, actually. Yeah, uh, well, it's good. It's sacrificial for the sisters as well. But I mean, their first thing is, you know, you, you've got to. They want, the sisters want them safe, you know. So, well, of course, and and but uh, if you could, Father, could you just share maybe a story or two about some of the girls and and what they've gone through that you maybe have uh, grown a little closer to that have shared with you that that what they're taking home to Christmas with them? Oh yeah, man. I I just had a girl after last the other night. She gave me a little card that talked about her healing after the retreat, and she. She did this list of thank yous, you know, and some of them were for me. Some of them were, of course, for the sisters, but most were for God and how the retreat she felt really healed her. And she was going home and she, you know, sometimes when you get hurt as a girl, you have a tendency to isolate her or even cut yourself. You know, boys will punch a wall. Girls may cut. And so, you know, there's there's ways that we can bring healing to understanding why people are acting like they're acting. 
And that's the most important thing we can do is reveal that. Sure, sure. Do you have any other stories, maybe one other girl uh, that, that um, you know what they're confronted up what, when they go home, what, what's gonna, what they're going to meet? Or, or oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, Kevin, I, I, I could give you countless, to be honest. I mean, the best way to give this is to help the listener understand that um, what is happening here is the girls have confidence in my priesthood. And so they're bringing out everything. And, you know, they're wringing their hands in front of me when they're talking about going home. And so, you know, to be very honest, it's so many that I couldn't even identify it. Sure. That makes sense. It makes sense. Um, With that in mind, going home for Christmas, I want to bring this up. Um, So Father Dan's been down there for several months now as the chaplain. I've been down there uh, for for, – I guess three weeks at a time. And uh, I know you hear it through Father Dan's voice. I'm going to reiterate Father Dan says there is no, it's hard. You're hard pressed to find a better ministry for what the sisters of Mary and Father and Father Dan are doing throughout the world. And, and if you, if this touches you, if this moves you, please consider um, uh, going on to worldvillages.org. They have this um, Advent, um, uh, I guess they're calling it the angel tree where they're donating gifts to these poor families. Um, like for instance, $9 buys shoes for one child, uh, $21 buys musical instruments for 10 children. And, uh, you know, 630 bucks gets 160 mosquito nets for Tanzania, et cetera, et cetera. It's all broken down. If you go on to worldvillages.org, please consider it. Um, I, I, it's not one of these charities you need to scratch your head and say, where, you know, where's this money going? It, it's going to the poorest of the poor throughout the world. Today, there's over 20,000 children that the Sisters of Mary are tending to uh, in seven different countries throughout the world. So please consider worldvillages.org. Uh, that said, Father Dan, is there anything you want to pass on before we sign out? No, I, I, I mean, I guess, Kevin, with that, I would just say to the listener, like, look, um, what I am saying down here is unique. You know, the girls are not going home just because of violence or whatever. They're also not going home because they're too poor. Like one of the rules of the sisters is everything is taken care of once you get here. Last week, the girls all got Christmas presents. The people bought them throughout the world. And the girls got all these, they got these pajamas. I mean, it's really funny. It was pretty hot. And the girls all are walking around in their pajamas outside. <laughs> these these fleece pajamas with like some that kitty thing, that go go kitty thing or whatever it is. I don't know whatever that thing is. And and Mickey Mouse and some unicorn thing, whatever. But they're all like running up to me and you know. But some of them are not going home because they don't have the money. Yeah, yeah. And you know they can't afford the forty bucks. And you know. That's what the, the sisters ask the children to, to pay that, okay, because that's part of the deal. And so girls stay are staying because they don't have the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, there you go. And, and if you want to make a donation, it will be matched dollar for dollar. So a very generous benefactor has, uh, has said if you, if you give 10 bucks, you give 20. You give 500 bucks, he'll give 1,000. So, so um, just keep that in mind if you – it moves your heart hearing Father Father Dan's words. Father Dan, by the way, I love Go Go Kitty. I um I, I got a Snapchat Go Go Kitty. I Facebook <laughs> it. I got a T-shirt. It says Go Go Kitty on the on the back and a thumbs up on the on the front. 
So, so if you want to know more about it, just we'll, we'll get offline and we'll talk about it. That, that works for me. Well, I was, I, I'm sure it's in the family lineage. Yeah, Dad liked it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so Father, why don't you? Thanks for your time. Uh, you got to get to confession. So, why don't you lead us out with a blessing or a prayer, if you don't mind? Yeah, so good. May the Lord bless you, protect you. May the Lord give you peace. May the Lord let his face shine upon you, guard you, and guide you, and protect you always. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I got to get to all these confession wells, and I got to sign all these spiritual bouquets that these girls sign. I got 800 sitting in my room. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. get out of here, Father. You, I took up too much of your time, but the listener is all the better for it. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for your service to the Lord and to those kids down there. It really is moving. A lot of people's hearts up here. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. God bless you, folks. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to the One to One Podcast with Father Dan Leary and Kevin Wells. If you want to learn more about the founder, Father Al, or how to support Father Dan's mission and the Sisters of Mary's mission, head on over to worldvillages.org. And to follow more podcast episodes, go ahead and subscribe, like, share, this podcast so more people can find out about the goodness coming out of these awesome conversations. For more podcasts and podcasts just like it, head on over to holyruckus.com. Thanks so much.